20 square box. Blocks. Blocks. 20 square blocks. Square. The Black Summer bushfires tore through massive areas of Australian bushland in 2019 and 2020. The fires were intense, devastating for many and terrifying for all. As the fires ripped through East Gippsland, 4,000 people found themselves trapped in Malakuta with no way out. Alyssima was one of them. So my name is Alyssima Gibson. Um, a lot of people in Ballarat call me Gibbo. I say um a lot. I swear too much. I came to Ballarat in 1999 just before I turned 18 to go to SMB and study performing arts. Well, that insinuates that you were living somewhere else before then. Yes. <laughs> uh, the other place I call home is a town called Malakuta. So I've heard of that. Well, that's uh, Northern Territory? No. It's still Queensland. In... No. New South Wales? No. <laughs> that's Tasmania. <laughs> it didn't even used to be on the map. Um, literally, it's approximately 600 kilometres from here and it's right on the border of New South Wales and Victoria. So it's still in Victoria. Gippsland area. Gippsland. It's East Gippsland. My parents live in a very small, isolated town. And don't get me wrong, it's beautiful. You know, if you want untouched beaches, if you want to walk out the door and be walking in actual national park because the town is in a national park, that's great. You want to go surfing, you want to go paddle boarding, you want to go fishing, deep sea fishing, scuba diving, poaching abalone. You want to see dolphins on a daily basis. You want to see whales at whale season without pain. You can do that there. Hey, how many people live in Malakuta? So it's under 1,000 people and then come summer you get an influx of ten to 20,000. So it is very busy. Yeah. But it's only busy for certain times of the year. Mm -hmm. And then it's dead. Yes. And there's no work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was, it was an unusually hot summer here. And it was an unusually hot summer in Malakuta. I always overpack when I travel. And when I was leaving my friends, she said, you're coming back in about three weeks. Why don't you just leave all your clothes here and I'll do your washing? And I said, no, 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 I'll take them back, you know. Um, so I went home. Um, I left here. I took, you can get to Malakuta. It's pretty much a straight run. I hadn't checked my emergency services app and I'm assuming everybody knows what that is. <laughs> This app, of course, I know what it is. So, um, <laughs> no, see, in my mind, I'm just assuming everybody knows, but some people wouldn't. I don't know what you're talking about. It's the emergency services app. So, it's called the Victorian Emergency yeah. Services app. And you just download the app and you put in your address and you might put, say, 10k radius. Okay. And then it will let you know if there's any issues, it'll be yeah, there. Yeah, it, it, oh. there's different colors for different things storm oh. warnings, flood warnings, tsunami warnings. I, I think we're okay for tsunamis here, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So the app had pinged part of the national park as red. Red means get ready to evacuate. And we could smell the smoke and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's ages away. 
that's ages away, you know. That's this, not This is still December? Yeah. Yeah, of course it is, because your mother was leaving at New Year's. Yeah, around New yep. Year's, a couple of days before New Year's. Um, I was like, going to have New Year's to myself at home alone. I was actually trying to work out ways to get out of going to the pub for right. New Year's. Um, that's quite funny when I think about it now. And people in town were sort of starting to panic because Wingen was on fire. And I came home and, and I how said... How far is that away? Whoa, 30 Ks. Right, so 30 K, there's a red zone fire. Yeah. There had been fires burning down Rudin Way. Wingen was on fire. Everyone else was panicked except us. And then I think it was the 28th of December. It was really, really hot. That dry, no moisture in the air heat. And my folks weren't home. They were at a friend's house. I was sitting outside with these two really creepy, ugly garden figures that my mum loved. And the phone pings. And Malacruda went orange on the map. Right. Orange means get prepared to evacuate. So I was very panicked, um, waiting for them to get home from drinks with their friends, you know, and they walked in the door, I'm like, did you see the app? I've been trying to bring you on your mobile phone. And my stepdad was like, don't worry about it. I said, well, should I be getting ready to evacuate? No, it'll be right. It'll be fine. It won't make it here. It's just a warning. Um... My mum and stepdad are going away for New Year's. So I was very panicked. And like, still smelling smoke and stuff. But everything will be fine. They're not going to let the fire come to our house because we live on the only road in and out of town. It's one road that goes in and out? Only one road that goes in and out. How, How far are you from the beach? Uh, about seven kilometres. Okay. To the wharf. You're on the road into town and then goes down, there's a big roundabout, and then the town, like supermarket, uh, and then there's the wharf. I'd done that walk many a time to and from the pub up and down this hill. So he was very blase about it. Mum got a bit funny about it. And I said, you know, if I do have to evacuate, what do I do? There's no mains gas in Malacruda, so everyone has those big gas bottles. How do I disconnect the gas bottles? Do I wet the windows down? What, you know, do we enact our fire plan? My stepdad's like, it won't come to that. And if it does and you're stuck, you you just leave. You never stay. You never stay and defend your home. You just go pack up your car and go. As the new year approaches, Australian authorities have a clear message for anyone in eastern Victoria. If you're holidaying in that part of the state, it's time that you left. Tens of thousands of residents and vacationers in southeastern Australia are being told to evacuate. Um, My mum and stepdad, they left. I had heard there was going to be an emergency town meeting on the 30th of December in the morning, somebody texted me. It was so damn hot. I wasn't even going to go to this meeting. So I turned up to the meeting on the Oval 15 minutes early 
and was shocked at how many people were there early. And the whole point was to tell us now it was too late to leave. You could no longer drive down the one road to Bansdale. There, there were fires blocking everything. When they said that, I literally fell to the ground. People are used to seeing me be emotional, probably with anger. They've never seen me be afraid. I didn't know what to do. I even went up and said to a police officer, can you please be honest with me? Can I really not get through? And he said, if you'd gone an hour ago, you could have. But no, you can't. They actually block off the roads then, do they? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you can't get through. Unless you've got an off-roading vehicle who can go these amazing bush tracks down. Um, So then it was, you know, obviously the meaning of you evacuate to the hall or you evacuate to the wharf. Um, And I've never felt so lost. And people were talking at me. So you go home and you you know what you do. You've been practising this for years, you know. You wet all the towels and you put them in all the window frames, you know. Bury your good stuff, pack up your star. You know, you've probably got all those boxes packed already and it's like, we didn't do that this year. Two of my friends, a married couple, they said to me, our family has a holiday home right down near the water. Um, It's very small, but you're welcome to come down there and hunker down there with us. It's about... yeah. 500 metres from the water. So that was amazing of them to do that. Uh, My friend, she came home with me and she offered to help me pack. Uh, Her and her husband had said, you can do as many trips to the unit as you want and you can bring everything you want and everything you need. I didn't know what that meant at the time. Um, So... We had a cup of tea, as, as you do, and she, she offered to stay and help. I am very good at asking for help from organisations. I am not very good at asking or accepting help from friends. This is the 29th, yeah, this is the 30th of December. The fire front was supposed to hit at 7am on the 31st. Um, so there I am in my my parents' house, pacing, pacing around, trying to figure out what else to pack. I understand all my stuff was there too, like a lifetime of my things. I didn't understand that doing as many trips as you want and bringing anything you want meant bring the art, bring the family heirlooms, bring your whole wardrobe, you know, bring, bring... Stuff I yeah, didn't right, understand. Right. I didn't. I rang my parents and I said, "What am I doing? Are we going to, you know, I'm going to have to leave the house. You know, how do I disconnect a gas bottle? I tried to YouTube how to do that, and I totally stuffed it up. I turned the empty one off and the full one on. Not that it would have made a difference, but." I didn't do anything. This is, this is, uh, I haven't worked through this part of my trauma. Um, I've always considered myself resilient. 
I used to be very good in a crisis, you know, you'd be out partying in your 20s and someone's overdosing and suddenly I can drive a manual car and get them to hospital. I don't drive a manual car. I can snap into gear, I can talk to the right people, I understand what to do, I get shit done. On this day, I didn't. I literally just paced and paced and paced and smoked cigarettes outside with a bazillion cups of teas going, I don't know what to do. And then I sat down and I was looking, sat down on the veranda and I was looking up at the sky and I actually wish I'd filmed this, but the one smart thing I was doing was charging my phone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I'm sitting there and I looked up at the sky and to the left was this beautiful blue picturesque sky with white fluffy clouds. To the right was this purple and black evil thing moving. You know when there's a sci-fi movie or fantasy movie or apocalyptic movie, that omen of the dark purple sky with lightning in it and no rain. Lightning was... It's used to be considered very rare since the Black Summer Fires, which is what I am actually talking about and didn't even say that, it's not considered rare anymore. Um, A bushfire can create its own weather system. It's called a pyrokinetic storm. But basically, the smoke funnels up into the sky and it creates its own cloud. Right. Which then creates its own wind and its own lightning and not water. There's no water, there's no rain. Um, And then the wind came. The windows were shaking. The new fence we had put up was waving in the wind. I hear snapping. The smaller trees are already falling over. Suddenly, you know, this is about five o'clock in the afternoon, so more than 12 hours before the front's supposed to hit, there were black leaves. There were embers. To this day, some people don't believe me when I say there were embers. And I got really, really freaked out. And I panicked. And I was like, that's it. I've got to go. My go bag got thrown into the car. Um, My laptop got thrown in the car. I looked at my 20 memory sticks at hard drive and only took two. That makes no sense whatsoever. Why wouldn't you just take them all? I packed a small bag of clothes that did not include socks or underwear. I looked, as I left my bedroom, I looked back, I had this coat stand, and no joke, it had 30 coats on it. And I looked at them and I actually remember thinking, if I take that and wear that, they're going to get damaged. And the small bag of clothes I took made no sense. Nothing made any sense. But about five minutes after I left, the fence fell and it would have fallen on my car and I wouldn't have been able to get out. And it bowled over by the wind? Yeah. Um, I got to the unit where my friends were. I parked my car on the road, which was kind of a dumb thing because it was in the way of the emergency services vehicles. Um, I wanted to go back and get more things, but my friends wouldn't let me. 
which is a, a good thing. Australian authorities estimate around 4,000 people are trapped on a beach in Malakuta by a fast-moving fire. Residents of this resort town in the state of Victoria say the smoke was so thick it blocked out the sun and turned the morning sky pitch black. Way off in the distance, you can see this red, ominous glow. And then at about 5, 5.30 on the 31st, the sirens went off. The fire front, and it hit a couple hours earlier than predicted, is here. Your phone's red now? Yeah, the phone had been red for ages. Right. You know, I ended up having to turn the app off because it's obviously pings a million little fires everywhere. And emergency services officers are like, do what you need, you know, we've got to go, we've got to go fill up water and that's where the problem with my car is they have the SES trucks and the fire trucks have to go to the wharf to fill up water from the sea so they're swiping my car up and down well they're hitting it yeah they got hit a couple times what are you gonna do you scream out at the the fire truck hey man I need your details for my insurance (laughs) and by then it was you know too late to move it um I can see the road that my house is on and there were fire trucks stationed up there and 10 minutes later those fire trucks came down the road. They didn't stay. They couldn't stay? No. Something's wrong. Something's wrong and the front's hit differently. It's split. And then there was a massive explosion. And I looked up that road and I went, that's my house. That's that's my house. And then a minute or two later, another explosion. A minute or two later, another explosion. The front had split differently to how it was supposed to. It burnt that entire road in and out of town, that one road. Fire is unpredictable. But fire is cruel. It will explode, eat your house and leave the one next door untouched. It'll jump roads, it'll jump fire breaks, it'll destroy fire breaks, it'll burn grass, and then it'll just stop. There were two guys up there. One was XTFA, one was XSES, so they knew what to do. They said to me, the first thing that happened to my house was the roof flew off. It buckled and it flew off into the middle of the road. So they were dragging it off the road with the CFA so that trucks could keep coming up and down. And then all of a sudden the CFA are going, move, move, move. And the trucks have sped down the road and they've turned around and they said it was just a wall of fire. And no matter what you did or didn't do, your house was gone. And then yet hit the neighbours fire fuel against our shed and it exploded. 
and while the fire burned on both sides of the road, I don't think it burned anyone else's house down on the other side. Um, I have tremendous guilt about not getting enough stuff out, about not disconnecting the gas bottles properly, about not wetting it down. And it just... So that's how the house died. So the smoke cleared and that's just a saying because the smoke didn't clear for months. But the worst of it was over. So it never hit the town? It came very, very close. Yeah. It didn't hit the town. If it hit the town, we'd all be dead. I don't know how I'm alive and didn't die from heat stroke. So the, the, eventually you went back to the house. <sighs> I'm going to say it's New Year's Day. Yeah, it was New Year's Day. And I got antsy, you know, like I needed to know. I knew other people had snuck up there to their houses, you know. So I thought, you know, screw it. There's no firing at this stage. Yeah, there's still fire. There's still fire. Okay, right. It's okay. not It's not massive, you know. For days afterwards, there's going to be spot fires because embers are still there, you know. So I went to get in my car and a friend of mine who was sort of a neighbour as well, she's like, where are you going? And I'm like, well, I'm going to my house. And she said, well, I'm coming with you. So she already knew. All right, okay. So there's still trees on fire. You know, not massive, but there's still fire. You pull in to what was my driveway, and it did. It literally looks like a bomb because it was a circle, and it was gone. It's just stuff. It's just stuff. But it's not just stuff that's gone. I've lost all my photos. I've lost all my both now dead grandparents, both sides of their families. Stuff. Jewelry. These really old maps of Europe that, you know, don't exist. There was certain things that should... Um, one side of the family is European, the other side came over around the first fleet time, but not as convicts. That they settled Wagga, they created Wagga. So some of the stuff should, you know, when I died, was going to go up to the museum there. You know, you, the wedding photos of your grandparents... The photos of you and your mum before she was sick. Every play that you'd ever been in, every short film that you'd ever been in, every every poster, everything that reminded you that once upon a time you actually had a dream that you were good at something is gone. Obviously, the army came. You know, we had had an airstrip. So the armed forces came. 
Um, people would have seen it on the news, the massive evacuation after the fires. But there's just one little story I just want to tell. Um, I always have a beanie. And it had suddenly, like, it was cold. It wasn't, but because it had been so hot. And I was walking past some people, and this young girl I know, she just said to me, by now everyone knew my house is gone. You know, it's a small town. She just said to me, where's your beanie? And I just looked at her and I went, do you know I didn't take a damn beanie or hat, not one, out of the probably hundred I had. She ran into her house because her house was just there and she gave me a beanie. Thanks for listening to 20 Square Blocks. If you like the show, please do the things that podcasts ask you to do. Subscribe, like, review, and most importantly, tell someone you know. Thanks to my guest, Alyssa McGibson, who lives 10 blocks to the north of me. Music by Ryan Goodwin. Check out his other music at virtuallyryan.com. Additional material written by Ann Murison. Editing by the irresistible Ricky Cheno. And thanks to H Studios for the use of their studios. I'm Ben Plaza and this is 20 Square Blocks.